Apply liberally. Brought to you by the creators of Pretty Broad, who happen to be us. I'm Madison. And I'm Sydney. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. So I'm like super amped for Black Panther, which I haven't I mean, seen. Who isn't? And I wanted to go buy World of Wakanda, like at the local comic book store, but mm-hmm. they didn't have it. So I got it on Amazon, like Kindle, for like 99 cents. But instead I got Bitch Planet. Oh, that is my shit. Yeah. I don't even, okay, I don't even read comic books, but same. Bitch Planet was really good. My friend Carol actually told me about it. Because she had to read it for a class. Well, what class? I have no idea. (laughs) But it was really good. I love that. I've actually had to read, like, graphic novels a lot in my school program. And I had to read Camelot 3000, <laughs> which is, like, it's a comic book, but, like, graphic novel. Like, it was long. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It was I'm cool. Not, <laughs> I get, like, why people like those. But I'm more of, like, a nonfiction person myself. So a graphic oh, novel is so pretty. you're so serious. I'm so serious. <laughs> okay. Well, I have great news for you, Maddie. Oh, really? Is it about Black Panther? No, it's about <laughs> Texas. Oh, my favorite state. That's a joke. It's not. Like I don't. Texas. I don't have anything against Texas. Yeah, it's just, take that back. It's not my favorite state. I don't think I have one. Do you? Okay, that was my next question. Do you have a favorite state? Probably New York. <laughs> That's fucking basic. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. Anyways, the point is I have amazing news because Wednesday, this past Wednesday, the 21st, was the first day of early voting in Texas. Um, so it was for one of their primaries. And Democrats saw a 51% increase in their first day of early voting. Hey, hey. Uh-huh. Compared to Republicans who only saw a 16% increase. So That's still something. We're, we're coming out. We're out here. I'm coming out. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's exactly what I was <laughs> yeah. thinking. Total turnout was up nearly 17,500 people. Wow. Like, total. Yeah. Like, go Good America. Because, Texans. you know, we Democrats have a problem with voting. Well, <laughs> Democrats saw nearly 1,500 more people come out on day one um, re- compared to 2014. Mm-hmm. And Republicans only saw uh, about a 500 voter increase, which is still better, but, like, we're winning. So, us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's awesome. That's I know. great news. Like, good news for the blue. So I guess we should start the show. Yeah. Let's get to it. Obviously, if you guys listened to our episode last week, which if you didn't, you definitely should. Yes. Episode one on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to this. Uh, honestly, though, I mean, we are dedicating this show to a certain someone. Oh, we are. This episode of Apply Liberally is dedicated to Christiane. She's actually one of our mothers. We won't tell you whose. Um, but she wanted- we're protecting her identity. Yeah, we're pre- protecting her identity. Um <laughs> Her one critique of our episode last week, our debut episode, was that she wanted some more factual content. Like, enough of our gibbering. Like, she was over it. Apparently, she doesn't like our opinions. No, I'm just kidding. She she was right. No, but honestly, we appreciate the constructive criticism, Chrissy. Yeah, and we'll always (laughs) dedicate our next episode to someone who gives us constructive criticism. Yeah, oh my god. So, criticize the shit out of us if you want your name on here. Yeah. Don't make fun of my voice. I'm (laughs) self-conscious. So the point is, um, this episode is dedicated to her. And we did a lot of research, um, especially after last week's episode where we talked about the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, And so on this episode, we're really going to explore the gun control debate that's happening right now. And whether we are for gun control or Or against against gun control. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Like... Take a second. What do you think? Are we for gun control or are we like, fuck that shit, not going to work? 
All right. All right. Let's, like, let's keep that opinion. It. So I'm going to start off this discussion just giving you guys, for those of you who don't know, a little bit of background on gun control um, and the rising of assault weapons within the United States. So gun control can go all the way back to the 1800s. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the Second Amendment was written. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like the black bans in the 1800s, which didn't allow newly freed black people to um, own guns. Which I feel like, of course, it's super easy. Oh my for god, don't arm these... the black people! Exactly. <laughs> so it's like we had that. That was like really one of our first forms of gun control. Mm-hmm. Not the first one. I'm not gonna say that because I, I don't know. Obviously, because Maddie's like not a historian. I'm not. And I, yeah, okay. So, um, but the NRA was actually funded in 1871. And I found this, like, really interesting because I always thought, like, oh, the NRA is just a bunch of people who love guns. But the NRA was formed to um, prepare civilians um, and, like, make their marksmanship better so that they would be better at killing people during war. Which totally makes sense because back then it wasn't as if we had, like, huge standing militaries necessarily. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like, hey, get all the local men and, like, I hope you're a good shot because we exactly. need you. Well, the NRA was formed way before the... Um, Assault rifles were even being manufactured. Yeah. So this was back when, like, people were using, like, fucking muskets or whatever. (laughs) So I feel like, obviously, this is a little different. Oh, my God. You know, I've I've shot, like, one of those little... I don't know what kind of gun it was, but it was, like, wooden. And it was, like, one bullet. And it was, like... Yeah. It was, like, a toy, but not, obviously. So, I mean, obviously, something like the NRA had to be formed because people had to focus on their marksmanship Mm -hmm. because they couldn't spray a thousand bullet magazines. Mm. You had to be good. Yeah. You had to be good at shooting your toys. Um, (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if you guys can tell my opinion yet. Um... So it was never held, it's never been held up in court that the Second Amendment um, should protect assault weapons, Mm -hmm. you know? Even Scalia, who I am not the biggest fan of. Rest in peace, Scalia. Sure. Um, (laughs) Even Scalia thought that these should not be given to citizens and these are not like weapons for self yeah. self defense and that the second amendment is a right that is not unlimited yeah, so it doesn't mean limits. everyone should have 8000 guns like that is not why the second amendment is in place Hell and mom. he was a firm believer that like handguns and long guns and normal defense weapons um weapons of sport, things like that. Mm -hmm. Of course, like, those should be protected by the Second Amendment. But in terms of, like, assault guns and assault weapons, he was not for that. Hmm. Um, And it wasn't until 1930 that machine guns and automated weapons were actually being manufactured. Oh, my God. Like, like, you know, like, those movies, like, Gangs of New York, where they had, like, like, serious weapons. I just always imagine, like, a bunch of men with handlebar mustaches. In, like, pinstroot suits. Or, yeah, pinstripe. 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 But in the 1930s, these were actually heavily um, regulated, much to the disbelief of Hollywood. Um, But, yeah, it wasn't until 1944 that these were, like, largely being manufactured, and that was because of... You know, World War II, the Nazis were actually the ones who were, like, really manufacturing all of these weapons. So, so it's like, yeah, of course, like, the Nazis would be the ones who really popularized it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even until the 1980s that they were widely available to the American public. So, Mm -hmm. before that, I mean... I I think what's interesting about that is that you have all these people who were born and raised pre-1980s. You know, they're getting into their 20s in the 1980s, which is a lot of, like, our parents. And I think what's interesting is that, like... Oh, that's kind of cute to think about. Exactly. (laughs) So they didn't live... Of course they didn't live in a world where kids were getting shot up at school Mm. because they were never in a culture that allows these things to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because, like, in the 1980s, people couldn't just go and buy an AK-47 or whatever the fuck, AR-15. And um, I think it's very different now. Mm -hmm. And so these opinions so, like, highly regarded by these older men aren't even really valid. Do you feel like we're raising 
do you feel like we're raising young people and children to feel entitled to those kinds of weapons? Oh, definitely. I think that, like, our, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but, and I think if you look at our last episode, I definitely talk about, like, the perpetuation of, like, toxic masculinity um, and the violence just in our culture. And I think that um, it's just interesting because the people perpetuating this, like, violence didn't experience it in their childhood so Mm -hmm. of course they came out fine of course they're fine Mm -hmm. we're actually one of the first generations to truly experience our entire lives with this like like the effects of that same with our parents our parents i mean my my dad was born in the late late 50s my mom in like the early 60s Mm -hmm. so like they're they were in their 20s really when assault rifles so they never went to high school afraid that someone's going to shoot up their school because that stuff wasn't happening so i think that it wasn't until our generation um that these things are like the norm Mm -hmm. and i think it's like an obvious obvious difference between the two and i think that in their minds it's like well this didn't happen to us so how how can we feel empathy toward it? That's actually interesting because you see a lot of people... Don't get me wrong. I'm so on the culture bandwagon. Like, our culture is fucked. Yeah. Yes. But you see a lot of people saying, oh, it's the parenting. Oh, it's this. And it's like, <laughs> but, like, you didn't grow up being able to purchase those kinds of weapons. Exactly. So and maybe it's like, we should start there. Obviously, mental health is an issue. And it's always been an issue. But the difference was is that... In the 70s and the 60s, these people who were mentally ill did not even have the, like... they were, It wasn't ...opportunity accessible. to buy these weapons mm-hmm. of mass destruction, mm-hmm. which is really... Yeah, okay, like, when you think of a weapon of mass destruction, you're thinking of, like, an atomic bomb, a nuke. Um, you're thinking of the United States nuclear arsenal, which a ton of our money is going to. But and 17 American children, like, that's pretty mass. Yeah, that's a lot. And I think... It's just a matter of people not being able to be like, oh, I didn't live through something like that. Mm. Um, But moving on, I mean, obviously, I think that's pretty crazy that there are all these people talking about it when they didn't experience it when they were younger. Mm. Um, But then you have people like it's not a party issue. And I think that's a huge thing that I've come to realize is like, of course, now we've grown up in a situation where it's like the republicans like the guns the democrats don't the republicans are funded by the nra the democrats are not and i don't think that's new what i think is new is like the forming of the tea party and like you see with bush senior he um used an executive action to ban the importation of assault rifles and only allowed weapons of sport from like foreign countries and then you had reagan even ford carter Bush, like they all were writing these letters to the House of Representatives, to the Senate, to ban assault rifles, um, to ban assault rifles, um, which I think is like really interesting because in my perspective, I'm like, ah, oh, Reagan, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm like, he's over here with a machine gun. Like, no, that's not the case at all. No, I mean, and, he just like started like a drug epidemic, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that like, I mean, just because, I mean, okay. I do not like Reagan. Not. <laughs> I don't want people to. Think I get I'm what you're him. saying, but I'm thinking like this. Obviously, isn't a party issue. And prior to the forming of the Tea Party, mm-hmm. um, the Republicans and Democrats were pretty on the same page about the legalization of these like assault weapons and weapons of war. You know, it'd be interesting. Well, actually, no, I guess we'll get to that later. I was going to say that it'd be interesting to really track the flow of money and the increase of money over the years and how that has oh, polarized yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, definite, there was definitely a breaking point uh, where the NRA said, fuck these studies. So we'll get to that later. Well, I but. think, yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is, like, you see this huge turning point um, when George Bush Jr. was elected into Little office. Little George. Little George. He took away his own daddy's foreign van. George! I know! He probably got in trouble for that one. I know, he probably got... Anyway, whatever. So he took away this foreign van that his own father, like, passed. Um, He also signed the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, which limited the victims of these, like, shootings to sue um, firearm manufacturers. Factuers. What is wrong with me? I'm I'm turning into George Bush. Wow. You know, and that even has, like, a super nice name. Kind of like in Florida, like, right to work. It sounds like it's going to protect 
somebody. But really, it's only <laughs> it, protecting. It, it does protect somebody. Yeah, just not just not the little people like us. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, what's so, with our accents? Uh, it's because we're talking about George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> so. We see this huge turning point with George Bush Jr.'s administration mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, all bets are off. Like, things are crazy. Like, prior to this, you know, you had Clinton who after, um, for a year in 1997, background checks were illegal. Like, they were found unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. A year later of, like, Clinton being in office, he, I mean, Clinton wasn't perfect either. Let's just... Oh, hell no, nah, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but... um. <laughs> After a year being in office, he reversed that, making background checks legal again. And in that year, 400,000 like people trying to buy guns were um, denied. Mm. Yeah, it was blocked. So, I mean, clearly these gun control laws are doing something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Bush administration right after completely turned that around, made it super easy for people to get these automatic weapons. Um, the NRA started promoting these automatic assault rifles um, and rebranding them, in a sense, making them, like, the new sports weapon. And, like, you know, this is the new way to shoot. Like, this is the cool thing to get. This is the cool thing to do. And as a gun entrepreneur, you'd be like, oh well this website like i mean i know how i am with the things i buy and if some like with good marketing you can have you guys seen chobani yogurt oh my god (laughs) i like want that as my like kitchen wallpaper exactly so it's like so i'm gonna buy all the chobanis i can so i can put them on my wall i think yogurt personally tastes like rotten milk but Um, it makes me want to buy yogurt so and that's what i'm saying it's like if i can buy something i hate eating <laughs> from will, good ads people will buy a gun a good copy and it so in the obama administration administration which kind of like brings us to today in 2008 um we finally had our backgrounds our background checks including mental, um, health. mental health so you're they're finally looking into these people with mental illness and i think that is like super super important mm-hmm. because <clears throat> You look at these people doing these mass shootings, and it's not a thug, you know? It's not... I mean, it is by definition. They are thugs. But, like, it's not someone you would think would buy a gun illegally. Mm. I mean, this these white little white fucking psycho boys aren't going to be walking around the hood trying to buy a gun. I mean, Omar Mateen was not white, but he was a security guard, so... Yeah, well, I mean, like, Google Adam Lanza. Mm. Look at his picture and tell me... If you think that he would go to the hood trying to buy an illegal gun. So I think that argument is... No. And it, Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, it wouldn't completely stop shootings. But I mean, mm-hmm. anyways, that's... Yeah, so I think, point. like, obviously bringing that to now and bearing in mind that since... 2008 you know we had the aurora shooting in the movie theater yeah let's be real here who doesn't go see a movie and look around and think god i really hope i don't die today because i do every time well and if we are completely honest with ourselves i mean clinton reinstated these background checks like this background check system Mm -hmm. and directly after that columbine happened yeah so it's like that did not stop yeah and i think that's happening that's a great point is that yes obviously strengthening our background check checks wonderful but quite clearly you know we have columbine right after that that's not going to that's not gonna fix the problem so Mm -hmm. um so that definitely brings us to where we are today and we see um a lot of talk coming out of the white house that seems really hopeful and don't get me wrong it's really great to start somewhere but i'd like to go over exactly what the fuck it is they are proposing um so jeff sessions has been ordered Honestly, this was back in December to really look over what's going on with our federal background check system and strengthening that and figuring out how we can have the state and federal governments providing more information into that system to block more people to to make sure that the people who should be ineligible to purchase a weapon are actually coming up ineligible to purchase a weapon. Great. Awesome. Cool. Um, Bump stocks. Um, they're very seriously looking into a ban on bump stocks. What do bump stocks do? They make it easier to fire rounds more quickly. Quite obviously, those should be banned. Like, what's the purpose of having that? That I feel like the very purpose of a bump stock is to make it easier to kill more people faster. Like, let me know if there's a real other reason, like, why those exist. Like, let me know if we had, like, comments down below. I'd say, like, let me know in the comments down below. 
but let me know because I think that's the only purpose. Um, and then thirdly, they're talking about raising the age of purchase for AR-15s from 18 to 21 because at the age of 21, you can buy a handgun, but at 18, you can purchase an AR-15. Um, again, not that, and we'll get into this, not that handguns, you know, can't do as much damage as an AR-15. I mean, the Virginia Tech shooting was done with multiple handguns. Um, but like I said, we will get into that. Um, so that's everything that's on the table right now from our president. There's also, um, there's also the idea of arming teachers in schools, which sounds so incredibly outlandish. And even our senator here in Florida, Marco Rubio, said that's quite frankly, like really unreasonable and incredibly unrealistic and not something we should be doing. Uh, we had the sheriff from Broward County, um, the county that Parkland is in, you know, at that town hall the other night saying that arming teachers actually makes the situation incredibly more dangerous for children and for law enforcement responding to those types of situations. Also, at the same time, you have to like look at yourself and be like, do I want to send my kid to school where every teacher yeah. is armed with a weapon? Like, yeah. how far are we going to go with that? Yeah. Like, do you want to send your children into, like, literal war zones? Like, do you want to do that? I, I wouldn't I mean, feel comfortable. I, I was thinking about it earlier today a lot. And it's like, I can just imagine, like, taking my future kid to an open house and then, like, showing me their bulletproof vest. Yeah. And it's like, that kind of world is not something that I think no. we should want to live in. And that's not the precaution we should be taking. Like, we shouldn't be preparing teachers for the moment. We should be preventing the moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This idea that we need these, like, we need offensive shit going on, not defensive. Yeah. Like, yeah, cool. Would bulletproof windows have 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 resulted in way less injuries? Yes. But how about, like just no shooting and also it's like a lot cheaper for us to ban assault rifles than it is to fund all of these like bulletproof class getting teachers weapons well that's the other thing yeah in reality we're not funding education at all anyway Uh uh-huh that's the other thing it's so and you brought up such a good point so you want taxpayers to pay for teachers to have guns, which will directly benefit the gun manufacturer. Oh, yeah. This sounds like an NRA conspiracy. Exactly. Well, it's <laughs> like, okay, so you have President Trump over here talking about how he wants, um, like, I, okay, let me rephrase this. Corruption is just really clear um, with the idea that Republican lawmakers want to equip these teachers with guns instead of learning from this and preventing the events. Um, and it's like they're using it as an opportunity to exploit taxpayers mm. because they're protecting, as they would say, students in the event of a shooting. And in turn, that's just giving a significant amount of money to the NRA, yeah. not from our government, but from what we are giving the government as taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee if that becomes the norm, like that is definitely going to be something mm-hmm. that we are will be paying taxes for and that will be a part of our education fund yeah which i quite i think is like insanely bizarre that we would even consider making that a norm but that i think brings us to the point where we can reveal how we each feel about gun control um so personally i am totally for banning assault rifles like i just don't think they're necessary well yeah i there in our in our opinion there's definitely a few things that need to be done number one we need universal background checks and i know that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot um kind of like universal health care um but we don't often really reflect on what that would mean um and what the administration the trump administration what they're currently proposing is just strengthening background checks which is really great you know have more information that can show that someone really shouldn't be having a weapon that should definitely be in the system the problem is that people can legally purchase a weapon without having a background check yeah not everyone's going uh, actually most people aren't going to like places like walmart where they're gonna buy a gun and of course they're gonna give you a background check they're going through ebay craigslist i mean not ebay you can't buy a gun online anymore but I mean, you're they're going through places like Craigslist or mm-hmm. you're going through Craigslist. Yeah, you're going on Craigslist or you're going to a gun show or there's there are some websites that do facilitate 
like arms trades like that. Um, and when you go through those, when you go on Craigslist or when you go to a gun show, you don't have to get a background check. And so you have a huge portion of the gun owning population simply purchasing weapons and completely going around the fact that it should honestly be checked that you're like all right in the head, that you're not violent, that you're not mm-hmm. abusive, that you're not Rob Porter. Sorry, dude, but you shouldn't be able to have a gun because you're a wife beater. Like that shouldn't be a thing. There, you should have to be checked regardless of where you purchase your weapon or even when you transfer a weapon. That's another thing that the universal background checks would do is that yeah. even when you transfer a weapon, you now have a background check. And well, if you're a good law-abiding citizen, like all you of you are saying you are, it well, shouldn't be a thing. And I mean, I feel like the argument to that would be, well, you know, people are still going to buy them privately and just not do a background check. And I'm like, you know what? You are like so totally right. But the whole idea of a law is that people get to weigh if the consequences outweigh the positives. Yeah. And if we make it a law where it really sucks to participate in this yeah. illegal gun dealing, then you're really going to limit the people, the law-abiding people well, who are partaking in that and making those guns accessible to people. Like it's that. like what your stepdad was saying to us about how, um, you know, it's like, what if we just said, oh, you know, if you drink and drive, you're not going to get arrested. Just don't do it. Yeah, it's like... It's like there's the, yes, there are still people who do it, but there are consequences and those consequences do bar a lot of people. Listen, Nick Cruz was not a criminal before he committed this crime. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know we all want to like after the fact be like, well, like he's a criminal. Criminals will, you know, they'll find another way. He wasn't a criminal beforehand. Yeah. He wasn't a criminal. I think we like perpetuate and I've seen a lot of perpetuation of like gun violence is directly correlated with mental illness. But I think we've talked about this before about how the perpetuation of violence in our culture makes it really hard to tell if someone is mentally ill to the extent to actually follow through yeah, something like you, this. I mean, I think every person listening, every person in the world knows someone who were like weird, who is just like a weird person. Well, not to mention there are other countries with pretty with rates that are pretty on par with our rates for mental illness where these mass shootings are not happening. Exactly. Like people are mentally ill worldwide. It is not a uniquely American phenomenon. I f- <laughs> you were gonna, sorry. I was going to go on like a totally different point. No, it's okay. But I mean, I think we could talk about mental illness all day, but I think a huge argument as well is just like the constitution. And I think that is like mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous because you have like LaPierre, is that how you say his name? LaPierre. Yeah. Um, he's the chief of the NRA. Yeah, he just came out arguing that like liberals, well, he called them socialists, but liberals are like inhibiting, inhibiting these like individual freedoms that the constitution promises. And yeah, that's, I mean, I guess, but you could also say that Republicans or Republican officials, I wouldn't say all Republicans, um, are inhibited, inhibiting the constitution just as much because they're inhibiting the First Amendment, which is the right to life, mm-hmm. for a ton of people who are constantly getting murdered at schools and are mainly children. Yeah. So it's like, how is one different than the other? And that's what I'm not completely Well, they quite clearly value the Second Amendment over the first, which is weird because the first one came first. It's obviously the most important. <laughs> yeah. like, the, the right to life to me is more important than well it's interesting because on the nra's website they actually have this whole section called america's first freedom and i'm like i don't know what the fuck kind of bill of rights you're reading but the first amendment is not the right to bear arms exactly and i think it's interesting because of like the language they use and um i forget her name the nra lady dana Lesh. The one who the teacher asked questions. Dana Lesh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... If that's how you say her last yeah. name. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the teacher who asked her about regulated militias, like, I feel like the NRA truly thinks that these 18-year-olds can form these well-regulated militias, which I think is just a cop-out, clearly, because, I mean, if an 18-year-old who has an assault rifle is a well-regulated militia, then that is super comparable to a 14-year-old marrying a grown man and having his child. Yeah. Like, obviously, one is very unpopular in our society. But the other is. But they're both extremely outdated. Oh, totally. The idea that this is normal. Like, when... The Constitution was written. Again, we were using guns that could shoot one bullet at a time. Mm -hmm. And... 
to say that we shouldn't adapt as our technologies adapt is literally spitting in the face of progress because yeah you're you're kind of saying like okay obviously like a 14 year old can't marry a grown man you know but let's give boys guns because that's just always been a thing yeah but it's because we live in a culture that we have these we have these we have this older strata of our society that wants to look down at 18 year olds and say that we're or that they're entitled and that they're this millennial generation they're incapable and they're immature but then as soon as it's in 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 your selfish interest we can arm them exactly they can handle a gun well i mean i can't trust them with a tinder app but i can trust them with a gun exactly and it's like that that idea i feel like it it just like shows the corruption it shows it's like do you i kind of just want to be like do you think we're stupid do you think that we don't see that like you're getting paid for this like the whole thing with marco rubio mm-hmm. in the town hall last night well it's interesting because marco rubio kept bringing up this bill that would ban certain kinds of assault rifles and he was kind of pointing out to the crowd he was like hey you know that bill only wants to ban 200 guns and there's like 2,000 more that can do the same thing. So, I mean, the bill's not really going to do anything. So, you know, it, it, isn't that true to the Democrats? And like, that is true. So why don't we start there and expand? And he and it was like he was caught in his tracks because he was trying to like, he was trying to show that there's a weak point in that bill. But the whole point is that it's somewhere to begin. And that brings me to my next point um, that semi-automatic weapons like in total are what are detrimental. Um, A semi-automatic weapon is a self-loading firearm. It holds multiple cartridges. It'll eject the spent cartridge from the firing chamber, (laughs) recock the firing mechanism, and then it'll load a new cartridge into the firing chamber, which excludes a lot of the work that goes into using a bolt action rival, which will typically only hold four to five rounds or four to five bullets. You have to load those. And then once, you, once you've spent those five bullets and shot them, you have to start over and reload. In these self-loading semi-automatic weapons, you don't have to do that. You can get a shit ton of bullets into that one weapon and not have to reload, you know, for maybe 20, 30 rounds or 20, 30 bullets. Yeah. And on top of that, you have another cartridge with those bullets and it'll just go ahead and it'll get, you know, reloaded for you. Um, so even more to the point is that Semi-automatic weapons are rifles, they are some shotguns, they are pistols, they are AK-47s and AR-15s. They are simply a lot of guns that a lot of Americans own. Um, And banning those, which seems incredibly extreme, but guys, if we ban an AR-15 and there are still thousands of other weapons that do the same thing, then what the fuck was the point? Cool, gun control, but people can still get weapons that do the same damage. You have to get rid of all of those weapons. Australia banned, straight up banned. They didn't control what kind of, they banned semi-automatic weapons in 1996, and they have not had a mass shooting since. Gun con- you know, people are always saying, well, gun control doesn't work. And the other day when I was researching this, I was like, you know what? That's true. I think they're right. Gun control doesn't work. You know what does? A fucking gun ban. Yeah. And it's like, we're not banning all guns. No, No, because you should be allowed to have a gun that can load a couple bullets that you can protect your fan that you can protect your family with that you can go hunting with that you can shoot for its sport but a weapon that mows down tens 20 30 50 60 yeah. people well that's, that's why quite frankly it's, ridiculous it's nothing but like a phallic symbol of masculinity totally. and i hate to say it but it's just a symbol of how fragile you are mm-hmm. even if you're a woman like it's very clear you're sucked into this violent toxically masculine culture that we have created as a society it hasn't always been like this no and we're not even able to figure out at least currently since the the mid 90s we haven't been able to pinpoint exact exactly what is causing this because the cdc isn't even allowed to study gun violence yeah well the nra even tried to um did I don't know the word, like retract Mm -hmm. a bunch of cases of like gun dealers, um, weapons, merchandisers. Mm -hmm. And they did that so that the Supreme Court couldn't look at those cases, that they were just redacted from the, like everything. Well, there was a study that the CDC conducted in 1993 
and that showed that having a gun in your house put you and those in that house at a higher risk of being killed by a relative or a close acquaintance. And when that study came out, the NRA said, uh, put an end to that shit, Congress. Gave them a shit ton of money. That's what lobbying means. Lobbying's not always bad, but it is when you're vying for weapons that kill people. And um, they put an end to it. And then a couple years later, the representative from Arkansas in the House, Jay Dickey, added an amendment to the CDC's uh, portion of a the, of a funding bill and said that none of their funds can be used to promote gun control or study gun violence. Mm-hmm. That is that's why we don't. That is why when you go and you look up gun control, there's literally nothing it's but just, articles just showing opinions. the stats. Yeah, there's nothing except articles showing the stats of like how many, where they happen. There's no like. There's no like critical analytical study in recent history in the past 20 years when a lot of these have been happening exactly. that's looking at what is causing them. And no one can prove the the rapid rates that this is like no. happening at and how and much it's increasing. Well, and see how see how we're all we're all left guessing. Like, yeah. okay, let's sh- let's just act like we don't have a scientific method or know how to research. Like we're back in the stone age. We'll, we're just we'll just guess. Exactly. Let's just guess. It's guessing's great yeah it's uh, go out and vote (laughs) um which kind of brings us to our next section which um is not about gun control Your 2018 midterm headquarters here on Apply Liberally. Oh my fucking god. I'm okay. excited about midterms. I'm excited too. Yeah. I like, am pumped to co- go out there and just canvas. Canvas the shit out of this place. Yeah, because get involved. Donate my money instead of like spending on other things. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, we, we we're, we're creating this segment because we think it's really important that we talk a little bit about the midterms up until the midterms. Yeah, and like what's going on, who is running, like what races we should be focusing. And on. if you committed to this podcast for this long, you're probably someone who's going to go out and vote, or at least tweet about voting. Yeah, and if you're not, then I, you should. Yeah, like this is our not even you. should like need to. You're a require. It's a requirement. Yeah, and they should. This. It should be a, yeah. like we sh- should be required. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so we definitely we wanted to talk about this year's midterms, and I think what's really important to consider going into this year's midterms is exactly how much money each of the two major parties has. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's a little scary if you're on the blue side. Let's put it that way. Yeah, like Democrats, we are in debt debt it's like looking at my which i wonder karma statement okay, but it's like i also am like is that like representative of who we are yeah i think like <laughs> democrats as a whole just are bad with money like we're like super optimistic and we can just that. like i shouldn't be saying that why because republicans believe in trickle down economics <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, listen, this is not this is not a tested thing. It's not even a theory. I think me and Sydney, Sydney and I, are just bad with money. Yeah, and we just so happen to be liberal. We're ranting. So yeah, so as far as the RNC goes, the Republican National Committee, um, they have <laughs> get this, they have forty point seven five million dollars in cash on hand and have zero dollars in debt like good for wow, you you go elephants white boys yeah and a couple uh, other ones <laughs> a couple of damsels in distress i, I was actually I, thinking a couple of like black people i feel like this entire podcast every time i've talked about the republican party it's in a country accent that is so <laughs> fucked up of me and yeah, i'm so you know, sorry new york state is pretty republican like yeah new york state like yeah. not long on well so is a lot of places or not what am i saying okay so the dnc the democratic national um committee i was gonna say convention (laughs) committee um has okay this is like oh my god this is 7.53 million dollars in cash so the rnc has like 33 million more dollars than we do on hand but But we are also 5.6 million dollars in debt which means we really have like million dollars like which debbie wasserman schultz like what the hell were you doing but also go nancy pelosi because she just recently 
raise, raise the shame. Yeah. Because she's a bad bitch. Yeah. So, like, that's where we are. Um, obviously, that can change. Like, it's not like we're forever behind. But it's really important that if we care about these causes, if we care about what's going on, um, realize the power that our Congress has and yeah. either or both go out and donate or go out and volunteer because you know whether you can financially contribute or not you can contribute your time and i have a couple of great places where you can go ahead and donate your money if you're feeling generous to the blue party oh yeah um the democratic senatorial campaign committee okay it's dss are you gonna spell all these urls or oh, just link dot org dssco.org i I am um (laughs) and that one's actually really important because they're funding a lot of the congressional campaigns which if you don't know is really that that's what's incredibly critical about the midterms because we're not necessarily voting um for the executive branch who's gonna sit in the oval office but we are voting on a lot of our senators and a lot of our house representatives as well as anything that's coming up in your local elections or for your local um house and senate so that's important. You can also um, donate directly to the DNC at Democrats.org. You can donate at Emily's List, which um, specifically focuses on raising up and promoting really progressive well, Emily's women. List is the shit. Yes. If you don't have their newsletter, I do not sign up for newsletters. And I do, actually. I, that's a lie. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> Emily's List is the only one I read. I have an email solely for junk mail, and I gave Emily's List my primary email. Oh, shit. I know. Um, um, and then there's also moveon.org, which I get, I get a lot of emails from them, and they really do um, fight for and campaign for a lot of really great causes. Like, anything from people who are wrongfully convicted. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, any, like, environmental like, issues. Woo, 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 well, thing. no, like, they're really, they're but out there, like, them. fighting those yeah. fights. Yeah, so they're also a great organization to, uh, to donate to. There's a lot yeah. more. But um, also, if you're poor like me, don't feel the need to donate. Just fucking go out, yeah. find information, and vote. I remember when I was in high school, I couldn't vote in the and I couldn't vote in Obama's um, re-election. But I did go out with my dad, and we canvassed. Yeah. And I mean, I obviously I was like a high schooler, like I didn't necessarily have extra funds to donate. But I went and I donated my time, and that's incredibly important. And people underestimate yeah. how much that helps. It definitely helped in Alabama. Yeah. In the Doug Jones election. Yeah. So Put don't pressure. count that out. Pressure him. So yeah. I think we're gonna get into a little bit of a really important midterm vote oh we're yeah gonna- well oh but oh, wait sorry. beforehand <laughs> but no beforehand because this is really critical i just wanted to mention that in the 2014 midterms republicans were 20 percent likelier to go out and vote than democrats that's, that's problematic depressing. but also okay to put that in perspective the majority of democrats liberal-minded people are students are young people and a lot of these older people know to vote. They are out no, here. Absolutely. They're voting. So what I'm trying to say is if you're a young person, go out and tell every young person you know to go fucking to vote go and tell them to stop messing around because it's really the young people who are letting the Democratic Party down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally. I mean, thank God in Alabama that black women saved the fucking day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always going to happen. And if we're passionate enough... Nah, to, they've been saving y'all too long. Yeah, if we're passionate enough to like go protest for a photo op, you need to be passionate enough to vote. Oh my God, totally. Challenge yourself to go to a protest and don't take a photo. Yeah, don't but photos photo. aren't like bad but also it's like come on anyways um I spotlight yeah spotlight so we want to talk a little bit about a very important vote in kentucky which could easily be taken by the democrats oh yeah um so we have some pretty cool democrats yeah so currently it is held by andy this is the sixth congressional district in kentucky yes so this is the house of representatives just so we all clear here so currently it's held by andy barr and a little info on andy barr is in the last year from what from what my research has showed me this might not be it he's gotten a couple thousand dollars from the good old nra and he has an a plus rating from them so if you are not really for the nra right now which i'm sure most of you are not for them, <laughs> then you probably don't want to vote for Andy Barr. But luckily, you have three amazing liberals. Oh, that's not on Andy Barr. Okay, Sydney's got some. Andy shit. Barr is 
pro-life, or as I like to say it, anti-choice. Anti-women. He has a terrible voting record on LGBTQ issues. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Oh, yeah. I looked into that, too. Um, and he, he pretty much said no to everything Obama said. Yeah, and he supports repealing the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Barr. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we have some great... Great, great Democrats running. Really? It's like, I was looking through them and I was like, damn, I like all of them. Honestly, I'm like, we need races across the country to be this, like, rich in candidates. culture. Yeah. And happiness. So we have, (laughs) I'm going to start with Amy McGrath. Aw. She is a marine aviator. She's flown... 89 combat missions against al-Qaeda and the Taliban, which I think is incredible compared mm. to our current president, mm-hmm. who skipped the draft. Dude, talk about freaking aspirational. Right? Like, go you. She was also, like, the first woman to fly a particular plane. Yeah, she was, like, the first female the exactly Marine to fly a combat mission in... Um, FA-18 fighter jet. I'm not going to pretend like I know what that means, but But obviously she's the first. Go, Amy. Yeah. Um, She also, like, something I really love about her when I was, like, researching her is that her whole goal is to not mislead the public with these idea of quick fixes, which I find that both parties do a lot where Mm. it's like, oh, like, let's just get free education. Oh, let's just raise the minimum wage. Let's not talk about how. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) let's just pretend this is something that's going to happen in five minutes. And I feel like she's kind of, she seems like someone who I could trust where she's going to be like, listen, this is going to be hard as the... Well, her whole stance on the Affordable Care Act is that it definitely, you know, needs to be fixed, needs to be worked on, but... She says the goal should be universal health care. Like, yeah. that is the end goal, but it is a process. That is something that... Which is, is incredibly reasonable. Health care is definitely her main focus, yeah. I would say. Um, and then I guess we can move on to... So we have Reggie Thomas. Yeah. He is an African-American state senator, so he serves okay. in Kentucky. And also, if Reggie Thomas was an American Idol contestant, he would fucking win. Wait, is he a good singer? No. Wait, what? His story. His oh. story. <laughs> that would be funny, though. I was um, totally prepared for you no, to, like, pull up a video. He has such great characteristics. I mean, in sad he's the most. He's the most progressive. Oh, yeah. He um, is super educated. Mm-hmm. He went to Dartmouth and Harvard. Oh, and somewhere else. Um, but Dartmouth and Harvard, come on. Those are impressive mm-hmm. enough. Um, he is super pro-women, super pro-LGBTQ rights plus LGBTQ plus right mm-hmm. um he wants to raise the minimum wage um he has experience um with the Kentucky Senate yeah exactly um, he's a law professor you know who else was a law professor my boy Barack oh yeah oh yeah he was and um something sad which would make him an American Idol is his wife passed with cancer oh. which is really really sad but I mean, his story is rich, you know? Like, That's why you said he would win. You think he, American Idol was, like, rigged for tragedy? Oh, do you think it's not? I mean, I stopped watching a long time ago. I don't want... Is it even a show... Whatever. That's not the <laughs> point. I'm just saying, like, he has a lot going on. He, has, he brings a lot to the table. And okay. I really do like him. That brings us to our last candidate that we're going to mention, which is Jim Gray. <laughs> Who also is really good. Okay, well, he's an openly gay construction magnate. Like, he's a CEO of Gray Construction, which... Okay, listen, like, fuck Fifty Shades of Gray, but I couldn't help but thinking, like, he's Mr. Gray, and exactly. he owns this construction empire. He's also the mayor of Lexington, yeah. which is really cool. So he really knows the area, and that's something I will say about um, Tom... Thomas? Reggie Thomas. Th- yeah, Thomas and... Um, Thomas is his last name. I know. I can say Thomas as his last name. It's like a football thing. That <laughs> um, so that's really, like, important to know about Reggie Thomas mm-hmm. as well as Gray. <laughs> I think what's They're important... They're both local, whereas Amy um, is not. What's important to consider, though, about Gray is that he did run in 2016 for the mm-hmm. Senate against Rand Paul and he did lose by 14 percentage points yeah so but also I feel like at that time I we didn't have nearly the passion or the fire yeah. under our asses that liberals do now and I'm not like a huge proponent of gray and I I think the I think I would be happy with any of them I think what's know. I think what's important is that um is that you know Kentuckians really research these three and anyone else who's running 
to get the best candidate um, for their particular yeah state. for someone yeah. who can stand up well, against bar in the in, also in the general. something I want to see is like you know unity because unlike the Republicans again we have these like really amazing candidates fighting for this Democratic slot and I think like they need to express unity they need to support each other like as long as one of them wins like that's goals and like you I mean oh my god that should be the that should be the dumb slogan as long as one of us wins like hashtag goals exactly and I feel like okay I like Reggie Thomas the best, I think. Really? But, I mean, okay, I also like Amy. Okay, um, yeah, I'm between but, McGrath but, and Reggie well, Thomas. Amy McGrath kind of one-upped him because Reggie Thomas just did an ad where he kind of was, like, throwing shade at her. And I'm like, it's Reggie, all about unity. Yeah. Like, let's not, as Democrats, throw shade. We need to unify. I think what I, I think what I enjoyed more about Amy when I was researching her is that she seems to have she seems to have thought a lot more about how to like about how to implement things but at the same time reggie thomas has actually served in a legislative exactly and okay another thing well the the shade he threw was he was talking about how he's actually lived in kentucky his whole life and that he didn't just see it out of an airplane that was some shit, Reggie. Like it wasn't that shady. It, it was wasn't. Like, you know what? It was like it was like shade, like, but a little funny. It, it's like liberal shade. It is. It's it, like we're okay. too nice to say anything. Mean. It's like you only saw it out of a airplane. <laughs> That's like what? I wonder if he said it that way. I didn't watch the actual ad. I just read an article what the about ad was. it. That's yeah, funny. that would be. Yeah. Then I would be like, all right, Reggie. Yeah, you're such a dad. <laughs> so we're definitely going to be having content like this on the website focusing on the midterms so be sure to go ahead and check that out and i think that's all I we have for you like this week yeah um thank you guys for listening to this extremely yeah. long podcast but again I got something again make sure you log on <laughs> now that you can log in www.prettybreadmag.com find all the info yeah and be smart yeah what, what would we say Think critically. Think critically and vote. And vote. Thank you. We out. So up on my head.